Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 17 of the Bible 2021 podcast. So we're reading Mark chapter 14 today, and our focus is on the extravagant love of Mary of Bethany for Jesus. Now, warning, today's show might go a smidge longer than 10 minutes because our chapter is super long, but don't fear, my commentary is short. We're talking about one of my favorite heroes in the Bible today, Mary of Bethany. If you've been listening long to this podcast through its various names, you know that I am a huge fan. Her love for Jesus is unveiled, unfaked, obvious, unpretentious, and unperturbed by the criticism she receives from others. And today's title of the podcast is admittedly a little provocative, but intentionally so. Because here's the thing, there is a great danger to loving Jesus greatly. But let me say right up front that this is one of those situations where the risk is absolutely worth the reward. So what is the danger or the risk of loving Jesus too much? Well, as we see in Mark 15, 14, the danger is in being criticized and judged. But in this case, the source of that criticism and judgment is probably pretty surprising. Mark is kind of vague, just telling us that some people get angry at what Mary of Bethany does. John, however, gets much more specific, telling us that Judas Iscariot was one of those angry, which is not surprising. Those who lived their lives like Mary of Bethany, focused on obeying Jesus' first and greatest command to wholeheartedly love God, should expect to be criticized by fake followers of Jesus like Judas. But wait, there's more. Because Matthew informs us that it wasn't just Judas, but also the other disciples who were indignant. And this reminds me of one definition of a Christian fanatic, somebody who loves God more than you do. The disciples were obviously uncomfortable with this display of adoration by Mary, and their chief issue probably wasn't with the money spent. Maybe Mary's adoration made them uncomfortable, but one thing is sure— It did not make Jesus uncomfortable. Indeed, in our verse of the day, he commends her, first by saying that her actions are noble, and then in Mark 14, 8 through 9, saying, She has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, What she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now, here's Pastor Tim Keller very briefly on this incident. Mary pours it on Jesus' feet. It's so incredibly expensive. This jar is like their whole family net worth, and it's her way of saying, I give you everything. I put everything at your disposal. So Mary of Bethany leaves us with a wonderful example of wholehearted love for Jesus. Well, let's read our passage, and I want you to pay attention to the way that Mary expresses her love. This is Mark chapter 14, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. It was two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a cunning way to arrest Jesus and kill him. Not during the festival, they said, so that there won't be a riot among the people. While he was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured it on his head, but some were expressing indignation to one another. Why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they began to scold her. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She's done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you, and you can do what is good for them whenever you want, but you do not always have me. 
She has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. And when they heard this, they were glad and promised to give him money. So he started looking for a good opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and prepare the Passover so that you may eat it? So he sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Wherever he enters, tell the owner of the house, the teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. So the disciples went out, entered the city, and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When evening came, he arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining and eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and to say to him one by one, Surely not I. And he said to them, It is one of the twelve, the one who is dipping bread in the bowl with me. For the Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread, blessed and broke it, gave it to them and said, Take it. This is my body. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will fall away because it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter told him, Even if everyone falls away, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to him, Today, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he kept insisting, If I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And they all said the same thing. Then they came to a place named Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake. He went a little farther, fell to the ground, and prayed that if it were possible, the iron might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Couldn't you stay awake one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once again, he went away and prayed, saying the same thing. And again, he came and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. They didn't know what to say to him. Then he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The time has come. See, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go. See, my betrayer is near. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, suddenly arrived. With him was a mob with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. His betrayer had given them a signal. The one I kiss, he said. He's the one. Arrest him and take him away under guard. So when he came, immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. They took hold of him and arrested him. One of those who stood by drew his sword, struck the high priest's servant, and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a criminal to capture me? Every day I was among you, teaching in the temple, and you didn't arrest me. 
but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then they all deserted him and ran away. Now a certain young man, wearing nothing but a linen cloth, was following him. They caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth behind and ran away naked. They led Jesus away to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes assembled. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the high priest's courtyard. He was sitting with the servants, warming himself by the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they could not find any, for many were giving false testimony against him, and the testimonies did not agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, stating, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days I will build another not made by hands. Yet their testimony did not even agree on this. Then the high priest stood up before them and questioned Jesus, Don't you have an answer to what these men are testifying against you? But he kept silent and did not answer. Again the high priest questioned him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? They all condemned him as deserving death. Then some began to spit on him, to blindfold him, and to beat him, saying, Prophesy! The temple servants also took him and slapped him. While Peter was in the courtyard below, one of the high priest's maidservants came. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You are also with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. Then he went out to the entryway, and a rooster crowed. When the maidservant saw him again, she began to tell those standing nearby, This man, he's one of them. But again he denied it, and after a little while, while those standing there said to Peter again, You are certainly one of them, since you're also a Galilean. Then he started to curse and swear, I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately a rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered what Jesus had spoken the word to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. Well, amen. Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for our sins. Let's end the show with our memory verse for January, which is Mark one fifteen. It says, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. One more time, Mark chapter 1, verse 15 The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Well, friends, let me challenge you to reread the passage today in Mark 14. Look carefully, listen well to the example of Mary of Bethany. I may have read the chapter a little fast today because I knew we would be short for time, but it is worth going back and reading slowly and digesting. May her example of love for Jesus inspire us as we pursue the goal of being a people who honors what Jesus said about the first and greatest commandment, that we would love him wholeheartedly. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.